the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome once again to Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely here on this Thursday. I'm Mike Trout, and if you're over 40, especially if you're over 50, you're thinking, I'm sure, about the future, especially retirement and preparing for that. And one of the reasons that people are so preoccupied with acquiring and storing up treasures is because they worry about the future and they don't trust God to provide and care for us, which is why Jesus goes on to talk about worry. Pastor Layton has a message important to all of us today, so I hope you can sit back and listen closely. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. They're on the web at highlands.us. And once again, taking us to the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew, here's Pastor Layton. You know, people who do things God's way usually have a greater degree of peace than people who don't do things God's way. So we get rewarded in this world to some degree for, for obeying God. But the greatest rewards are stored up in heaven where moth doesn't eat, rust doesn't corrupt, and thieves do not break in and steal. It's the safest place to put an investment. Now, it's, it must be clear that, that, that we cannot do anything to contribute to our own salvation. Because God has done everything. He's done it all. Ephesians chapter 2 says we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Something that's dead is helpless. In fact, something that's dead is so helpless it doesn't even know it's dead. It's that helpless. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We were absolutely helpless. But God made us alive. For by grace have you been saved. How do you get to the grace? Through faith. And this, not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. Even our ability to respond to the invitation from God is a gift from God. He has done everything for our salvation. If there is any part that we play in our salvation, it's accepting God's gift. So there's nothing we can do to contribute to our salvation, but there is something we can do to store up treasure in heaven so it's waiting when we get there. And the only way to do that is to do what God rewards. Earlier in this chapter, chapter 6, Jesus identified at least three things that God rewards. Praying, fasting, and giving. And in each case, Jesus said, the Father who sees in secret will reward you. God sees everything, even stuff we think we're doing in secret, whether it's good, bad, or otherwise. If it's good, he rewards things that we do, even if we do them in secret. And then we're also told by Jesus that, he, that God knows everything. Earlier in the chapter, he said, your father knows what you need before you ask him. He's going to repeat, your father already knows in the passage we study today. The purpose of prayer is not to inform God of our needs. One of the phrases that we're never going to hear from God is, really, I didn't know that. Thank you for telling me. 
You know, God knows everything. He sees everything, he knows everything, and he rewards. He is proactive, he takes action. That provides a preface for what we're going to study today, which is in the subject of worry. Pastor Hooper mentioned uh, about the song where I think some of us are familiar with, Don't Worry, Be Happy. You know, it's not exactly scriptural. Well, I'm not so sure about that because sort of we could say, don't worry, be contented, which some people might interpret, be happy. But if that's the case, the author of the song, it wasn't an original concept. He got it from the scriptures. Now, our study today is really going to begin around verse uh, 24, but I'd like to begin reading at verse 19 uh, to provide an immediate context. And it's important for us to understand the value of context because the context is what uh, helps us give clarity of meaning. Let me give you an example. Blue. All right, now I just gave you a word. The word is blue. You're all familiar with the word. Some of you saw a color blue. Some of you saw a feeling. I'm feeling blue. So which blue am I talking about? Well, we have to understand the meaning of that word from its immediate context. And that immediate context is formed in a broader context, and a broader context, and a broader context, and so forth. Our scriptures today, when you look at words, we have to look in their immediate context, and then their, their broadening context, like um, the chapter that it's found in. What, what else is covered in the chapter? Um, in this case, the Sermon on the Mount, which covers multiple chapters. The Gospel of Matthew, the New Testament, and then the greater context of the Bible. So it's important for us to understand the importance of context. Reading from verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. And so if your eye is healthy... Your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money or maimant. And this is the portion we studied when last we met. And and one of the reasons that people are so preoccupied with acquiring and storing up treasures is because they worry about the future and they don't trust God to provide and care for us, which is why Jesus goes on to talk about worry. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Well, look at the birds of the air. They neither, they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And are not you of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither spin or they neither toil nor spin. And and yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat? 
Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So righteousness and the kingdom are the themes that we find throughout the Sermon on the Mount. And, and we are called to not only enjoy the, the righteousness that God has imputed to us through Christ, but he also in, uh, wants us to experience the righteousness that he imparts to us through his word and through the Holy Spirit and seeking to be perfect even as our Father which is in heaven is perfect. Jesus at the end of the previous chapter told us that we should be perfect even as our heavenly Father is perfect. And then he goes on in the next chapter to tell us what we can do towards that end uh, which things that we describe as acts of righteousness. But this was a a theme of the writings of of the New Testament. The foundation was laid here by Jesus Christ. Now, in the previous section that we studied, beginning at verse 19, Jesus was focusing on our attitude towards luxury. And here in the section we're going to study today, he is focusing on our attitude towards necessities, eating and drinking and clothes and such thing. The first passage is directed more towards those who might be considered rich or wealthy. The passage today is directed more towards those who are not rich. Now, both rich and those who are not rich have spiritual challenges. Those who are rich tend to be tempted to trust in their possessions. Those who are poor tend to be tempted to doubt God's faithful provision. But whether we're rich or not so rich, our attitude towards material possessions is one of the most reliable marks of our spiritual condition. You see... This issue of wealth and money is not insignificant in the eyes of the Lord. He makes that manifestly clear in his word by how much of his word talks about money and wealth. Did you know that 16 of the 38 parables of Jesus, 16 out of 38, deal with money? That one out of 10 verses in the New Testament deals with money. The scripture offers about 500 verses on prayer, fewer than 500 on faith, but over 2,000 on money. So it's obvious from scripture that this is an issue, it is a priority. The believer's attitude towards money and possessions is or should be very important. Now, the command here, do not worry, 